This is Mr. Impact Wrestling himself, Moose, and you're listening to the Irish Whip. Hookers? Hookers and Coke? Hookers and Coke, man. You're the only pro wrestler I know that wants to do this shit in the morning. Yeti, you're a f***ing moron. Put it this way, I think Sammy Callahan might as well just change his name to Invader I want to know why. Like, he can dodge any question. Like, I'll tell anyone that. You can tell me the f***, but I, I'm going to ask specific questions. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. WrestlingNewsSource.com all the rest of you yahoos are out there dilly-dilly you little wankers, we're actually receiving real wrestling news. This is Brett screwed Brett. I'm Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Hold two arm bar. Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts, I hate your wristbands, I hate your shoes, I hate your music, I hate the C-Nation, I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> What's up, TIW Mafia? JP here. I'm here with somebody I've been friends with for uh, damn near 15 years. At least, um, yeah. <laughs> one of the most genuine, pe- genuine people I know, and just kind-hearted, always willing to help someone out. And when you go into a Denny's at three in the morning, coming back from a show, with your <laughs> to know who he is. That's a shoot. Um, oh, the live effing wire, Dave Padula. JP, what's up, man? What's happening, Dave? Dave, uh, my pleasure to, talk- to be speaking with you today. Yeah, man, it's gonna. This is fun. I, I always like talking to you. You know that. Same here. Um, I want to talk a little about WrestleMania at some point, and I want to talk a little about um, the mass transit incident because the New Jack story just came out on um, on Vice last week. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're gonna talk to Rich Palladino at some point during this week too. Um, yep. So you guys will get both of those. You may have already listened to Rich before this. You may listen to Rich after this. All depends on how I'm feeling when I put them together. <laughs> um, but Dave, you you have kind of a unique situation on that that we'll get into. Okay. Um, so for people who don't know who Dave is, you were a pro wrestler for a long time. I was. I started in 1993. Um, 1993 to 95, I was a weekend warrior with the New England Wrestling Alliance. Uh, then I hooked up with some guys in 95 over at Champs Arena, Salisbury Bay Beach, Massachusetts. And they gave me some really good training. Um, I started with uh, Savannah Souza brought me over to uh, Yankee Pro Wrestling, which is now Top Rope. Yeah. And from there, I started getting bookings, um, different promoters, and uh, started getting used really well. Uh, that lasted until about maybe 2002, 2001, actually, when I got my tooth knocked out. <laughs> And then from after that, I was here and there type of uh, work. Now, because we're going to get into the hardcore stuff, obviously, and talk about ECW. Yes. Tell me what you and Jose Perez did for New England. Um, actually, it's what Jose did for me. Um, around 1996, um, I was getting really bored with my wrestling. I wasn't anything exciting. And I sat up about 2 o'clock in the morning. I was watching some ECW tapes. And I uh, got a tape of the Axel, uh, Axel Rotten, Ian Rotten feud. Uh, the Rotten Brothers. 
Oh, yeah. They were, they were using, like, plywood with barbed wire and bats and thumbtacks. And I said, no one around here is doing this. Well, except for when, you know, ECW would come around, but, but no local companies. So I figured, who can I do this with? Jose Perez. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I uh, passed by uh, Jose some ideas. And, of course, he had to, you know, check in with Claudia. And Claudia said, over my dead body. Not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> we actually were working for Yankee Pro. We went to Joe Eugenio with the idea. and Because me and Jose had worked a lot at that point. And we were like, we're doing everything that we've, you know, we've done like, you know, some nice wrestling matches. And it's getting a little bit more aggressive. This would be perfect. Joe absolutely said no. He said, I'm a fa- I run a family show. I'm not going to have this, you know, in, in my, you know, on my cards and, you know, ruin my shows. Well, fine. So, you know, we threw away that idea. And then about a week later, Joe asked, you know, Jose, he goes, you guys still want to do that match? It was a barbed wire. Um, The match that we were thinking about doing was something that we saw from um, Ian Rotten's group, where they take the ropes down and they put the barbed wire up instead of ropes. And we're going to do, you know, hardcore match like that. And Joe said, listen, we'll do it. But, you know, it's, it's on you guys. If something happens, I don't nothing. I don't want to know anything about it. And uh, we actually did the match. Uh, I thought it was very successful because we did three more for him. Um, and uh, guys started just picking up from that. And Jose gave me a whole new outlook on my character. He gave me a whole new character. He he gave me new life. He gave me you know I got a lot of extra bookings for you know being the hardcore wrestler. Um, then I started working with uh, Kyle Storm, Matt Storm, Black Wolf, um, Verter Breaker, uh, Diamond Dave Donovan, who is one of the sickest son of a bitches I ever been in the ring with. I love him to death. And um, so that's pretty much how me and Jose, I, I feel that we started the hardcore wrestling yeah. in New England because no one, went on, no one wanted to do it. They were I against knew you it. wouldn't take credit for it. And that's why oh, I can't I... put you on the spot like that. <laughs> you guys absolutely did introduce hardcore. And any of those guys you just named, you you know yeah. I'm good friends with a few of them, will yes. give you guys credit for bringing hardcore wrestling into New yeah. England and really and I was at, in the area. And I, too. and I was nervous about it because 1993, I did a match against Tire Shock and taught in high school. And without checking with promoters and the bookers first, I... Um, I bled, and um, I got hell. But after in the locker room, I caught a lot of hell about that. Uh, you know, what are you thinking? You're stupid. You know. Yeah. So I, doing the hardcore stuff, I was really nervous because I was like, nobody's gonna want to do this. But luckily, Jose said, "Yeah, I'll do it. Sure, why not?" <laughs> uh, and I remember, I'm, I'm your age. Me and you were in the same age bracket. But '93 was before I was going to shows. I didn't start till they go four or five. Okay. But like '93, I mean, that was like the height of the Attitude Era. So blood, I mean, I don't want to oh, say it was oh. nothing, but it wasn't like sh- there was no shock value. Well, it wasn't a lot of shock value to blood, I wouldn't think. Well, '93. Well, actually, I was before the Attitude Era. This was still. Um, That's true, huh? This was still the 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 land of professional wrestling, where you had yeah. characters. You had you know Duke Trosi, uh, the Garbage Man. Uh, you had um, <laughs> he's awesome, Mike's awesome guy, and you had a lot more characters. You had Doink the Clown, you had the Undertaker coming out, you like the dead guy Undertaker, the original, yeah, um, character type of thing. So it was more. And when I started wrestling, I was very gimmicky, you know. I did a character called Sir Reaper, 
It was a, uh, a skull mask with a purple robe, and I hailed from London, England. I just recently saw a picture of that online, actually. And it was the most ridiculous thing I dare it came up with. Someone said, all right, yeah, that's okay, do it. I did it, and it's just I did that for about a year. It was fun. ridiculous, it was comical, but it was entertaining. So that was fun, though. Now, what do you think, what did you think of wrestling? So talk a little about, about wrestling then. What did you, what do you think about uh, this weekend, WrestleMania? Um, I know everybody's got their opinion about it. I didn't like it. I mean, I, let me, let me rephrase this. The matches were good. They, they you know, they performed the best they could. They yes. did the best that they could with what they had. But it was like watching a movie. Uh, the Undertaker's match was like watching a, a movie. Um, it didn't have that wrestling feeling to it. Um, I actually thought a lot of the wrestlers didn't act like they were at WrestleMania, except for Nikki Cross. You know, after her match, her, you know, sure. her and um, Alexa, you know, she was like all jumping around and being all like charismatic. She was the only person that seemed really excited about being there. Yeah, I feel like this year, like they were all kind of robbed of that WrestleMania moment, not yeah. having the crowd that's, with everything going on in the world. Yes, that's exactly the the that's the correct phrase, WrestleMania moment. There was it didn't feel like there was anything there. Right, I you know? I didn't care. I thought the Taker and AJ thing was like drawn out, and I think it yep. was very Nitro like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, I actually enjoyed, and I talked to you about this last night, I enjoyed the Bray Wyatt Cena thing because it was, it was psychology to it, and it brought me <laughs> back. Yeah. I love that blue cage. That blue cage is one of my favorite all-time gimmick matches. And when I see the blue cage, the first thing I think of is King Kong Bundy and Hulk Hogan. Yes. WrestleMania 2, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Brings me back to being a kid. <laughs> yeah. And then so like seeing that and then all the stuff they did and him cutting the promos almost word for word. Yeah. And uh yeah. Dragon Cena through his whole career. I just I, I almost wish they had the prototype. Oh, that would have been awesome. That would have been I funny. Think they got close with the ruthless aggression scene of what like if they brought the prototype out there and defeated the prototype, you know? Whoever came up with that idea was brilliant because it was a mind it, it really wasn't a match a wrestling match. It was a fire, uh, fire fun house match. Yes. It, was, it was a mind, excuse the term, mind fuck, you know, kind of. Yeah, exactly. I, I wish it didn't main event. Yeah. But yeah. I thought it was fun. And yes. I thought the in general was fun. Gronk yeah. won another title. Yep. And oh, and I'm sure that's going to be on the news. I'm sure that'll make ESPN and all the news stations today, which is the whole purpose of doing it you know yeah they make yeah. fun of me on the show because i liked david i can as wcw champ because uh well how much publicity <laughs> did it but look at what it was meant to do it yeah. wasn't meant for him to be an all-star wrestler it was meant for yeah. to bring publicity and spotlight it and it was front page news well that was vince's idea uh with wrestlemania um there's controversy who came up at wrestlemania but um you know whether it was Howard Finkel or somebody else, but yeah. um, the WrestleMania was you know you had Liberace, um, you had um, oh my god, I, I can't WrestleMania yeah. Mr. Cindy, T, Cindy Lauper, Cindy Lauper. Thank you. I'm trying to think who else was in. <laughs> yeah, but no. see that brought attention from people who weren't wrestling fans. You know the whole rock and wrestling. You know you had people that were love you know music, but they didn't they weren't familiar yeah. with wrestling. 
just brought in a whole different audience for them. So that's yeah. yeah, it's uh I thought it was fun though. I, I enjoyed it. I actually um night one me and a few of my friends actually did like a video conference thing. So we all pretty you know, you watch it on your own TV, but you're all video conferencing with yes. each other so you could yeah laugh and talk some shit and have a beer yeah. and not feel like you were sitting in a room alone because <laughs> how much fun is that? You know? No, yeah, exactly. But now I wanna get into your role with the mass transit incident. Okay. Um I jumped I, I around watched, a little, so sorry. No, no, I'm with you, brother. Um, I watched the uh, the Dark Side Wrestling uh, on New Jack, and I actually thought it was well. It was well made. It was funny. It was entertaining. That's Jack. Um, I don't know New Jack like on a personal basis, but I've been on shows with him. I've driven with him. Uh, he's a good guy to be around. Good stories. He is wrestling. He actually knows a lot about wrestling. Oh. The man can get in the ring and wrestle. He came down to the. I don't know if you were there when he came down when we did the shows. I think it was in Webster, Massachusetts, and um, he came down to one of the practices and got in the ring with Bad Boy Billy Black, and was showing Billy how to be a better heel with different wrestling moves and techniques and small little things that were very slight, but. You know, it, it made him a, a better heel. Jack is, I think, he's, he, as far as wrestling goes, he, he's got a great mind for wrestling. I think, I have a theory that he, he's obviously not the, you know, on the most straight and narrow path. But I actually mm-hmm. think he's a better worker than he is a bad guy. Yeah. I don't think he's as bad as he's painted out to be. I think yep. he's a great worker. He is. Uh, I mean, he's stayed at Jose's house when he's in town for a couple of shows, and he cooked meals for us, uh, oxtail and uh, potato uh, stew. We didn't get no spaghetti from, like, the guy. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, uh, Jack would play with the uh, video games with Jose's kid, you know, Ricky, and he's just a down-to-earth guy, you know? I mean... He didn't stab anybody? No. He didn't, oh, the, oh, I got a good story. So... Um, him and I think it was him and Sandman were taking on uh, Jose and Bad Boy Billy Black. Okay. I think that's and Rob, uh, Bad Boy Billy's name is Robbie. He, he was so nervous. So the night before the show, he's he's at the house, we're all eating, stewing everything, and we're sitting on the couch watching TV. And Jack takes out his bag, and in his bag he's got chains, he's got like sickles and all kind yeah. of weapons. And Billy's eyes are bulging as he's doing this, and Jack just takes a sickle. And like grabs my head and starts to work it on my head, it, you know. It's, I'm not trying to ruin his gimmick or anything like that, but you know, not yeah. cutting me, you know. And Billy was just like, he turned pale. He's like, "Oh, what am I getting myself into?" But they had the match; it was good, you know. So he's, I think, I think Jack likes getting into people's heads. Yeah. If that, and, you know, what I'm he's saying. Good at that. He's very. He, yeah. you know. Uh, Trying to think, like I don't tear down the fourth wall a lot, but people always say don't try to work the workers. Yes, and I think he managed to. Oh, absolutely. Like uh, somebody asked a question, like uh, I think they asked like um, D'Lo Brown and and Jim Cornette, like who's um, who's um, oh god, Jack's real name. I'm sorry. Um, they asked him who's uh, something young. And, like, we don't know. I'm sorry. Thank you. 
to make concussions. Hey, this is all Jose's fault with concussions. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Jerome Young, like, who's Jerome Young? Like, we don't know. We don't know if we've ever met Jerome Young. We don't know if we've ever seen Jerome Young. Is Jerome Young the same as New Jack? Is he different? You know, it's when 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 you when you when you can be like somebody like that. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I didn't realize D'Lo was in the Gangsters. Yeah, Smoky Mountain. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. And watching D'Lo's reaction when he stabbed the guy, D'Lo was like, "Oh, look, <laughs> something in the corner." Oh wait, he's pulling something. Out. Oh shit. Yeah. You know, but. Now, was there anything in the in that that stuck out to you was not necessarily the truth? As far as what? On the as far well, the mass transit incident in particular. Yes, um, they were talking about how I think uh, Tiny the Terrible was saying he showed Paulie a tape <laughs> of Eric working the midgets, and Paulie said, "Oh, I've never seen a big guy work a midget like you know the midgets like this. This is great." Uh, and, and that's how they got invited to the show. That is absolutely false. A week before the show, uh, Tiny the Terrible called me and said, hey, Livewire, um, ECW is in Revere next week. You know, do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not working. Sure. He goes, I, I can't promise you anything, but I can get you in. I was like, yeah, Dougie. And Tiny the Terrible, uh, his name is Dougie. I always call him Dougie. Um, he a lot of times would say, hey, I'm going to New York. Can you give me a ride? I can't promise you anything, but I can try to get you on the show. Well, he never got me on the show anywhere, but I always enjoy the rides. It's a lot of fun, you know, be on the rides and, you know, going to these different shows. So I didn't mind. Um, the night before the ECW show in Revere, uh, my boss called me and I was a, um, a site manager for a security company at a movie theater and they needed me to work the next night. There was a big movie coming out. I think it was a Star Trek movie or something. And they needed me to be on site for that, for that night. So, there was no, I could have said no, and maybe, you know, there would have been some repercussions, but I was like, you know what, I'm not going to get on the show, so I'm not going to go, right. and that was a mistake, <laughs> so I was, so he was giving me the third degree, like, oh, you screwed me, you screwed me, but then I thought, I said, you know what, Eric Kulash loves ECW wrestling, we would sit on Wednesday nights either at his house. His mom, his mom Donna would cook a big meal, General Tao chicken, steaks on a grill or something. Or we'd go to Eastside Mario's and we would sit there and watch ECW wrestling. He, this kid was like a little kid in a candy store. Like I said, he was like 16, 17 years old with a child mind. His mind was really... When he saw ECW on TV, it was like a kid on Christmas. You know what I'm saying? Like his, his face would light up with a smile. And that's why I keep on saying, like, Eric's a happy-go-lucky kid. And, that might, you know, I might have some friends that disagree with that. But I got to see Eric in, in those ways. So, when I – so, I, I, know, I know I'm jumping around. Me, I'm sorry. Let me interrupt you here real yeah. quick because I don't want you um, to be afraid of your opinion at all. Guys, yeah. anything said on this show right now is Dave's opinion. I back that up 100%. So, if there's an issue with that and an issue with anything said on this show – Come talk to me. Okay, I'll take. I'm going to take every piece of heat that comes out of this because uh, this, Dave, what Dave says is gospel to me. So, um, so the the night before the, sh the show in Revere, I said, Dougie, let me call Eric. I know he loves ECW. Let me see if his father will take you guys. If you can get him in the show, he goes, Oh yeah, I can get I can get him in. I I, I know I can get him in. So I called Eric. I said, Eric, you want to go to ECW tomorrow? He goes, yeah, where? So I told him. 
I says, but the thing is, is Dougie needs a ride down there. And so he asked his father, Steve, and Steve, Steve actually, Steve was the actual bus driver, his father. Yeah. Um, we'll get more into him, but he's a, he was a bus driver for the uh, uh, RIPTA, the Rhode Island uh, Public Transit Authority. And he knew Dougie from, you know, years ago, and they've always had some kind of a beef. He, I think, I, I, I still think it was because Dougie's black. Um, Steve can be come off as a racist. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, I don't have a high opinion of Steve, but um, he's passed. I, I really don't want to talk ill of him, but he, he was a bad guy. Um, Eric, I've seen cigarette burns on his arm. I'm like, dude, what the hell is that for? He goes, oh, my dad burned me with a cigarette. And if you don't listen to if the kids, didn't, him and his brother Justin, if they didn't listen to his dad, he would either stab him with a screwdriver or burn him with a cigarette. That's what he did. That's that's what it was. So uh, he asked his father, and I said, "Yeah, here's Dougie's number. Give him a call, and um, go talk to him." So Eric called me back. He says, "Yeah, we're going. Thank you so much." I said, yeah, "No problem, man. Have a good time, whatever." Never thinking he was going to bring his gimmick. Um, he wasn't mass transit with us, uh, the New England Wrestling Alliance. He was uh, something Cramden. It was after it was after a, a Ralph Cramden gimmick yeah. from uh, the Honeymooners. And we always thought that Eric was a danger in the ring. So we would tell him, you know, dude, just stay with your own people. You're good for battle royals. You're good with the guys that you train with in the ring because Eric was, you know, over 300 pounds. But he was always in danger of tripping over his own feet. He was very clumsy. He was sloppy. Uh, if he was in a ring with somebody that didn't know him and hurt him by accident, he, they would have shot over him. And obviously, that's what happened. Um, I don't think he was ever really taught how to act in a dressing room, how to you know act around names. Uh, so when he went to ECW and Dougie Gum in the back and everything, I think that kid acted like you know it was like seeing his idols instead of you know seeing other wrestlers, you know guys that are his peers. It was like a kid, you know, kid on Christmas morning, you know, like, oh, my God, that's Taz. Oh, my God, that's New Jack. Oh, my right. God, you know. And he mocked. Uh, basically, he basically was a mock, you know. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, right. oh. degrade the kid at all. But that's how he was, you know. He was kind of goofy, a little childish. Um, maybe didn't t- take things serious as he should. His dad always thought he was better than what he was. His dad was like, why is my son always in the battle royal? Why is my son always this? What? You know, he's a big guy. He's bigger than everybody here. He should be, you know, in the main event. And that wasn't a place for Eric, you know. Until he got better, maybe he lost weight, got healthier. You know, the kid was smoking since he was 12 years old. Wow. You know, when he would get in the ring and he'd run the ropes once, his face would turn beet red. He'd be sweating, out of breath. So he didn't belong in the ring, you know, with, with guys that were that caliber. Right. Um, but I didn't know this. So the next morning, seven o'clock in the morning, my phone rings and Eric goes, Hey, I'm like, Hey, what's up? He goes, guess what happened last night? I was like, what? He goes, I got stabbed. I just got stabbed. <laughs> what happened? He goes, yeah, new Jack stabbed me. And the way he said it was with a, I can, I can picture him smiling, saying this. I said, Eric, I need some context. You got to explain this. He says, I work new this. I work the gangsters. And I thought he was ribbing me, you know? And I said, wait, what happened? He goes, oh, yeah, somebody didn't show up. And uh, 
Dougie got me uh, a spot on the cot. I said that he goes, he explained that he uh, tagged with Devon, and I didn't know who Devon was at the time. And I said, well, I don't know who Devon is, but you know, what was what was going on in the match? He goes, Yeah, well, I didn't I didn't know how to play, so I had New Jack cut me. I'm like, Oh dear God. And he says, well, how'd he stab you? He goes, well, he cut me really deep. And, you know, Eric started talking about, and he, and he was whispering when he was saying all this. So I kept on saying, like, Eric, I can't, he goes, I, I, I can't talk too loud because my dad would get mad if he found out I was talking to you. I was like, why is your dad mad? He goes, my dad doesn't want me talking to any of the, any of the boys from, the, from the, the wrestling anymore. I'm like, Eric, what the hell happened? So he called me back about an hour later, and he went through the entire night. The thri- I'm sorry, the entire day. When he went there, how he acted, what he said to people. Uh, he told me the story, because I know you, you've been told the story, where he was in the locker room, and he was smoking a cigarette. And Taz, being the locker room leader, you know, went up to him and, hey, brother, do um, you mind putting that out? I don't, I, I don't like smoking in my locker room. And instead of be doing the proper thing, saying, oh, I'm sorry, and put it out right away, Eric's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And he smoked it a couple times. And Taz asked him a second time, go, brother, he goes, I really, I really would like you to put the cigarette out. He goes, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll put it out. And then he finally put it out, but, you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know, and, and that's Eric's mentality. He was just not <sighs> mature. He was very immature. You know, not, not smart enough to know better, you know? Right. Um, I, I really wish there was somebody there with him that would have been watching him. Uh, the whole thing about Killer Kowalski, he uh, lying about his age, that's all de- derived from Tiny and his father, Steve. Because he says, um, I said, well, how would you get on the show? He goes, well, they asked me who trained me. And I said, would you tell him? I said, uh, some killer guy. I said, what? He goes, I don't know. He goes, uh, Tiny said to tell him that I was trained by uh, Killer something. I said, Killer Kowalski? He goes, yeah, that's it. I'm like, Eric, do you know who Killer Kowalski is? He goes, no. I'm like, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I says, let me tell you something, Eric. I says, as soon as you said you were, kill- you were trained by Killer Kowalski, they probably knew you were lying. If, if anything else, they knew you were lying because Killer Kowalski's guys would not have acted in the way that you did, first of all. Second of all, Killer Kowalski's guys, they're like a clique. They all know each other. And if they didn't train together, you know, somebody that trained with a Kowalski guy knew. So they all kind of knew who trained on the Killer Kowalski. And a lot of the guys that were there that night that were trained by Killer Kowalski had no idea who this kid was. Uh, as a matter of fact, Ron, uh, Ron Zombie had posted a comment saying that uh, he was there with a couple of guys. And somebody that he knew that was in the back asked him, hey, who's this kid? And Zombie didn't know. So it was like they, they, they knew... Eric was bullshit, and I'm right off the bat. Um, Eric had told me he went up to him and said, "Hey Jack, uh, how about putting me through a table tonight?" And I said right there, I said, "Eric, you did not." He goes, "Yeah, I, I think you know, it'll be really cool to go through a table." And ja- Jack said, "No, dude, that's taboo stuff." Um, and then he would said, "Oh, I want to do this to you." And Jack's like, "All right, kid, all right, we'll we'll talk about it later, you know." And right there, I think. Jack was just like, I'm fucking this kid up. Yeah, know, New he, Jack said in the documentaries, like I went to I went to Paul and I said, I'm gonna do something that's gonna have some talking about this in ten years. Yeah. You know, twenty, Here we years, 20 later. years later. <laughs> and it, it's basically I, I call it a crucifixion. 
um, where um, now you had I think you had asked me something about if I thought it was a work or something or part of it might have been a work and it turned into something that shoot a work gone wrong or something. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of that was I don't think any of that no. was going to be a work. Um, I think they went in there with the intention of sending, you know, teaching the kid a lesson and never hearing from him again. And I told Eric, I said, if, if I was you, the proper thing you should have done, take the beating, take the crucifixion, go in the back and say thank you to everybody. Yeah. Thank you, New Jack, for the match. Thank you, Paulie, for the opportunity. They, you might have been a mock. They might have fucked you up. But by being, okay, thank you, uh, being mature about it, they might have said, hey, this kid doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, but maybe we can do something with him. Right. And instead, his father's, you know, yelling at everybody, yelling at Jew Jack. He's yelling, he's 17, where's the fucking ref? Uh, his father went off in the back, and his father wanted to sue from day one. Uh, he told me his father wants to sue, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Eric, that's the worst thing to do. You'll never work again in wrestling. Right. Because my father, my father never wants me to work in wrestling. Um, Eric had called me one time and said that... Um, I guess the attorney or the lawyer came to them and said, listen, they're, they're giving us an offer. If Eric drops the charges, they'll give you $10,000. They'll send Eric to New York, pay for his living expenses, free training at Taz's school, and a one-year guaranteed contract. Wow. And <laughs> Eric said, Dad, I, yeah, I want to do that. I want to do that. His father said, absolutely not. We're assuming we're getting millions out of this. And, of course, they went to court and they lost. Right. So, you know, that's what uh, that's what waivers are for. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's unfortunate that, that something had happened to a kid who, you know, if you say he's a good kid, I know I would have been friends with him. And, 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 and I mean, Jose, if you talk to Jose Perez or uh, Scott, uh, who wrestled in the name Thrash, uh, they have a little different opinion of him and i respect their opinion right um because after that happened eric according to jose and scott eric was saying oh guys uh this is um, you know once i i start working for ecw i'll get you guys a spot or i'll hook you guys up on a show like he's being a big shot about it you know and uh, eric never came to me like that because from day one i yelled at him <laughs> how he did wrong <laughs> right and um but that's you know but before that, like every 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 week, his mom would have me come over, and she would make dinner. Like I said, you know, general tell chicken, steaks on the grill. Um, April of '96, I had lost my grandmother, and it it wrecked me. And I remember being there crying. And um, his mom's went out, and she actually made um, an outfit for me for wrestling because uh, I was the pants I was wearing were kind of ripped and everything. And she she made me an outfit. And um, it was like a gold, it was like gold. I call it the Sabu pants. Or as Matt West, uh, Matt, Matt Storm says, Slabu. Um, <laughs> big fat Sabu looking guy. Um, but, you know, so they, they did a lot of stuff for me. And like, I sat with Eric and his brother Justin, and we would go, we, I would teach them how to, they had a guitar, uh, Epiphone Explorer guitar. And I would show them how to play different chords and stuff. And he was just a happy kid. He loved wrestling. He knew what he was getting into. And when I saw on the news him lying, him saying, oh, I didn't know what they're going to do to me. And I 
I called him out on it on AOL. I sent him a message. Like, Eric, you need to call me right now. And he called me. And I said, Eric, you're lying your ass off on TV. He goes, I have to. My dad says I have to say this. I says, Eric, you're burying yourself, brother. You know. The, I, I mean, the way the way it was told to me, because, again, I came around after it was that, like, yep. after that, when ECW did come back up here, they, they completely stopped using local guys. Yes. And the way it was said to me was, if Dave had given Tiny that ride, and this isn't anything bad on you for not, like, obviously, where, come, where comes first? But yep. they were like, if Dave had given Tiny that ride... Him, Devon, and Gangsters would have tore the house down, probably had match of the night, and local independent guys from New England would have been all over ECW. Absolutely. And that was all for words said to me by other people. I've never claimed to be a good wrestler. I try to say I'm a good worker. I try to do the best I can. Uh, if, I, if my job is to go in there and, and be a bump master, I try to bump as best I can for somebody. And I've actually told New Jack after that, um, I want to say it was somewhere, it might have been at the pay-per-view um, around Easter 2000. Yeah, I think it was at the pay-per-view that they had in Philadelphia 2000 where Just Incredible won the belt. Um, that night we were at a bar, and I think I actually told him, I said, if I was there that night, I said, it would be a night off for you. You would have had the easiest night of your life. You know, and that's something I take pride. Like I, I don't like to put myself over as being a good wrestler, but I like to be able to say I think I'm easy to work with, and I, you know, whatever somebody asks me to do, I do it. You know. Yeah, I've seen that myself. I've <laughs> not that. I don't know who's who's easy to work with and who's not, but I know you've always been somebody like a whatever company you were with. You've been a company yeah. guy, so. Yeah. Now, how did you feel in general about the, the new Jack deal, the special? Um, like I said, I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was entertaining. It was funny. Um, I think it actually sh- it, it showed um, I, I'm trying to think of how to word this properly. Um, it, it showed, I think it showed how wrestlers can really, you know, because there's a lot of stories there. You know, you had the story of Rick Grimes. Uh, you had the story yeah. with, uh, you know, uh, who's the, the Indian guy? Gypsy Joe. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. And it's being in the ring with all these guys and, you know, sometimes things can get to you. Um, I, I can't say I'd never snapped in the, in the ring before. <laughs> I've. I, I took a kid. Uh, I don't know if you know uh, Danny O'Callaghan. Um, we did a match one time, and he didn't listen to me. And he was shooting. He wasn't shooting, but things that I was calling, he was doing to me. And I threw him out of the ring. I beat him up with a chair, a school desk, actually. And then I took a board off a wall, and I started hitting him over the back with it. It had nails in it, and the nails stuck into his back. So there was a rumor that I actually stabbed somebody in a ring one time. That was that that incident. Then I, I just zoomed down. I to... heard that story. I read that story. <laughs> and, I'm laughing then, because I know you. And I zoomed down a flight of stairs. <laughs> I've seen and you I, in a situation that could have got ugly, and you yeah. actually uh, controlled the situation. And that was it. Wasn't in the ring. I don't know if 
didn't want to tell the story, but it wasn't in the <laughs> it was out of the ring. And you, are you talking you, about, you, you talking about Swedish Fresh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Dave gets me drunk and tries to get and someone else came by and tried to start a fight with us. And that was I'm that was Daniel D- Danny Inferno. Yes. I'm sexy. And... Dave's not a small <laughs> guy by any means. Yeah, that was that was a that was a fun day though. But Danny Inferno yeah. Uh, when I had, uh, he told me, he goes, yeah, I wrestled for WWE, and he's like, you know, talking. I'm like, oh, so you must know Steve Bradley. You must have worked with Steve Bradley. And he's like, I never heard of him. And mm-hmm. I, I took that a really offense, because this is right after, you know, Steve had just passed away not too long after, you know, before this. And I took offense to that. I was like, you know, everybody knew Steve Bradley, right. you know? And he's like, no, I never heard of him, never heard of him. And then, remember, I, I got out of the car, and I went to stand up to him face-to-face, and the kid just grabbed me and hugged me and started crying. Yeah. And I he paused was, before he said he didn't know him too, and I caught that. Yeah, you know, then, there was a dot about it, and yeah. And then he started crying, and I, and I said, "Dude, what's going on?" He goes, "Man, I love Steve Bradley. He was like a brother to me." And then we, you know, that that was that was right. pretty, you know, a cool moment. But it was, yeah. and it was something <laughs> like that good because I, I know I wasn't sober. <laughs> that was a fun night. That, that was. <laughs> that was. I, and I laugh every time because the, the whole thing started with Danny Inferno walking randomly down the street while me and Dave were outside of a show, yeah. had a couple of beers, and Dave had some Swedish fish, and Danny Inferno said, I'm going to take them. Dave, I'm, I'm going to knock you out and take a Swedish fish. And, you know, he yeah. gave me a work punch and took a Swedish fish. <laughs> but Dave said, no, no, I'll give you want some fish here. Like, there's yeah. some random guy walking down the street. You're offering food to, you know, that's just yeah. how you are. So, but yeah, that's when I saw the new Jack, when I saw they were doing this, first of all, I hit up you and Rich and I said, I want to talk to you guys about this because they did the Bruiser Brody one last year and we had Hugo Savinovich on after. Yep. And Hugo basically said, Vice didn't lie, but nobody that they interviewed saw what happened because nobody saw what happened. Except for Tony. Right. Well, and. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the way Hugo described it was like those two were in a room, Bruiser and Invader were in a room, uh, in a uh, a shower Shower, that was completely blocked off. Yep. So, it's, uh, I wanted to see, I mean, I don't think Vice is trying, I think Vice is trying to get a good documentary out of it, you know, and they do, Every, every episode has been incredible. Yes. So I just wanted to see where in it, from all the stories I've heard, they were really honest with this one, except for when I saw the thing of how Tiny showed him the tape, and then you see a tape of uh, Eric Hula's working the two midgets. Working the midgets. And he's like, oh, yeah, Paulie said, saw this, invited us up. I said, no, that's not how he got up there. You know? Right. He, the kid, I knew the kid loved ECW. I thought it would be a, a treat for him to go to a show, maybe see some of the what goes on behind the curtains at a, uh, at a national promotion and learn something. And uh, unfortunately that didn't happen, you know, and the yeah. funny, here's a funny story about Axel Rotten. The reason how I got into the hardcore wrestling is, like I said, I was watching a video of him and uh, Ian Axel Rotten feud and the Bob wire bat, the thumbtack bat, the, um, the, the plywood with the barbed wire. I stole all those ideas from him and use them with Jose. 
and then me and him, me and me and uh, Axel were huge Kiss fans. And then I always wanted to work him. And the fact that he didn't show up <laughs> and Eric got that 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 position where I could have if it was me and you know, who knows, I could have gotten that position, that kind of, you know, pissed me off a little bit, you know. Well, and the thing so you brought up the killer Kowalski too. Something that I've been told was that whenever ECW was here, somebody brought Kowalski to the show. Yep, because you have to bring to get Kowalski's guys a tryout, and because Kowalski right. is a name, you you know he's the oh, yeah. biggest trainer. And, I mean, know. he trained Perry Satin. Paul Richards was rapping for them at the time. Yep. He trained him. Triple H. Yeah, so there was there were people there, like you said, you know, Ron Zombie. Somebody asked Ron Zombie who it was. Ron was a, a Kowalski guy. Yeah, absolutely, so and it was Eric. So, easy to verify or not verify whether they wanted to or not, you know? Yeah. But, you know, it's a... I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm still pissed about it because what could have been? Because mm-hmm. of that, if you think about it, because of that incident, the first ECW pay-per-view was cancelled. Alright, it was pushed back, actually, but okay. they're supposed to have an ECW pay-per-view and it was cancelled. On that pay-per-view, Chris Benoit was actually going to win the heavyweight belt, ECW heavyweight championship belt. Paul Lee was pushing Chris to be a heavyweight champion. And that, that pay-per-view was canceled, and that canceled the opportunity for Chris. Wow. I never knew that about Benoit. Yeah, um, I will, I'll try to send you a link to the interview with Paul Lee where he tells a story about that. Um, hmm. Yeah, because he, uh, he was, he was going to make uh, Chris the champion because the, the whole incident... You know, the paper got canceled, things got pushed back, and shoot, I think making Chris the champ would have taken some of the light because you're putting it on a on somebody that's not a hard tour wrestler, you know? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's uh, I you know the vice, and I, I looking at some of the ones this year like Owen Hart and stuff. That's gonna be awesome. I, I can't Owen. wait to see that because I was a huge Owen fan. I loved the Blue yep. Blazer and. I want someone to tell me who played the Blue Blazer in this area in the 90s. What do you mean? I went to, so I never went to indie shows. Okay. Um, until I started in 04, 05. When I was in high school, so it had to be between 88 and 92, my buddy went to Savio in East Boston. Okay. And they had a wrestling show as a fundraiser. I don't know whose show it was because I didn't know anything about anything at the time. I'm guessing oh. either a Kumble or a Kowalski show. But the Blue Blaze was on the show, and I'm guessing, because there were no other names on the show, that they didn't bring in Owen Hart. Wow, I didn't know that. And I still, I don't, I couldn't tell you anyone else was on the show, and I wish I could, because I'm probably friends with a few of them now. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but I, I know, I remember the Blue Blazer. And, yeah. But like I said, that was eighty. Yeah. It had to be between eighty-eight and ninety-two because I was in high school. That's interesting. And huh. it was a, I remember it being a packed gym. Wow. And I didn't know what to expect going in because the only thing I knew was WWF. You know. Yes. Yeah. So, and it was well, the funny. Fun. The funny thing was is that um, I I stopped watching WWF at some point in the maybe just a few after the few WrestleManias and I was hooked on world class and the Savoli's IWCW or yeah. IWWCW from New Jersey there. 
And um, I was like, wait, there's other promotions? There's, <laughs> there's other, these other groups? <laughs> yeah, I remember finding Tony, uh, Tony Rumble stuff on yep. cable access here and loving yes. it. And yeah. I never knew... I mean, a few of my friends were into wrestling, but I never really knew how much. Like, I was friends with Pat Dillon back then that runs UFO now. Yes. Yep. And he was going to shows back then. And I, because it wasn't cool. Yeah. So you didn't talk about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, he was going to shows way back then. And, you know, it's, he, I, he, I knew he trained at Kowalski's for a year or so. Mm hmm. But I didn't know about, I still didn't really know the indie scene. I watched Tony Rumbles on cable access, but I never had a way to get to like good times or where those shows were. And yeah. I mean, you got, I got to see that. I remember watching Tasmaniac on TV. Yep. Seeing Sabu and all those guys that Rumble would bring in from ECW. Uh, from yep. uh, Probably wasn't even ECW at the time. Well, actually, actually that was pre-ECW because Rumble had Tommy Dreamer, the Tasmaniac. Um, he had them before they went to ECW. And, yeah. and that was just cool to see. And, you know, yep. it wasn't hardcore. ECW wasn't all hardcore either. They had the reputation because they were the only ones putting it really on any type of television. Exactly. But if you, uh, mean, you look around, you had Shane Douglas, you had Chris Candido, you had, you know, Taz, yep. uh, Rob Van Dam, Jerry Lynn. Um, yeah. Mike yeah. Webbrack. Yeah, Benoit and yep. yeah, all of Guerrero. those. Guys, they all made a stop there. It's, um, Absolutely. So I think ECW kind of, they got that reputation and it wasn't a bad reputation because they got fans because of it. Yeah. Get a little bit of everything for somebody. You know? Right. You know, it's that whole, I hate that. I use it all the time and I hate using it, but the whole, it's, you know, you can't go to an ice cream shop that just has chocolate, even if chocolate's your favorite. Exactly. You know, you might want vanilla or strawberry or whatever, some another day. Exactly. Yeah. So, Dave, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your honesty, man. My pleasure. Anytime. Yeah. And I, 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 my intention was to hopefully try to give, you know, instead of people like, I mean, I know it's 20 years ago, but uh, people down Eric, uh, when De Eric passed away, I went to his funeral and I was a little nervous because I haven't talked to Steve since then. I went to the funeral, and I'm not saying this to brag, but I was the only person from the wrestling family part of it that showed up. And I was nervous because when he came in, uh, Steve came in and was sitting, he was standing right at me. So I, I walked up to him, and I extended my hand, and I said, Steve, please accept my condolences. I'm very sorry about what happened. And he cried. We hugged. And it was a little closure. Um I, I got to, you know, I talked to his mom and I talked to Justin and his grandparents were there and it was just really, really sad because, uh, and, and I know why a lot of wrestlers didn't go because just a weird situation, but, um, it's th 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 this kid loved, I wish people just knew this kid loved wrestling so much and maybe they'd be not try to be easy on him, but understand how this kid at 16, who's like a child on a Christmas morning. Uh, when he would step in the ring at practice, and or when he was stepping, when he went to ECW, I can just imagine what it was like. You know, it was meeting his idols. You know, and yeah, and it sounds I, like he was he was very manipulated. Yeah, and I think that would have been any of us. You know, at some point, uh, I mean, I've been I, I've mocked out before. Oh yeah. You know, you know, so it's. Oh you yeah. Know, you know, don't blame the kid. You know, that's why I keep saying don't 
not uh, some some issues were his 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 fault, but he was a good kid. Yeah, and he just yeah. didn't he didn't know better. And yes. I, I've seen some people, and I don't go into locker rooms, you know that, but. I, I've actually been asked by promoters, hey, can you go into the locker room and control the situation for us? <laughs> um, and I've had to do it because that, that way there, if he came out of it, that he came on me and not two wrestlers, you know? True. Not between True. two guys. Yeah. And I never really cared about that because I never had to get in the ring with any of you, you know? True, yeah. Not yet. <laughs> but no, 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 no. It's, I've actually, um, <laughs> it's happened twice. Once was because Pat Dillman ran a show in Southie and asked me to get in a, a battle royal where I could just run over the ropes chasing someone out rather than <laughs> take anything. And the other time was for actually recently for Caleb where um, um, and once was for Caleb where I was doing a security spot and we had to get the hoods out of the ring. And yep. the hoods are two guys I've been friends with for, again, 15 years. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Chris Pyro decided to swing a chair at me. <laughs> Didn't know it was coming. Would have Uh-oh. said no. But, you know, I did. I, I, it knocked me down, I'll say. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, they actually took oh. a lot of heat from that because people thought it was a shoot. Oh, Jesus. They, they, they lost bookings over that, because I put the video on um, Facebook or Twitter. Yep. And Davey, Davey had hit me up and was like, can you, like, almost cut a promo on this so people understand? Because yeah, like, yeah. we just lost a couple bookings. I said, yeah. Although I think that's great because that's money if you get that kind of heat. Yeah. That's money for the promoter. Yep. But, and, and Davey's another kid I felt so bad for. Um, yeah. He got 2005 with the incident with Spider. Yeah. Um, I I wasn't there, so I'm not. Uh, I can't. You know, I don't have not a lot of knowledge of exactly what happened, yeah. but I, I knew Davey ten years before that, and he's, he's a good kid. It was it was an yeah. accident, you know. I love Dave. I, I'll, I'll say it like, and people have their opinions on it, and I get, yeah, and he gets yeah. that, but um, he he hurts over that still. Absolutely. And I never met Spider. I didn't know Spider. Um, so, sweet kid, very very sweet kid. I had wished I did. That was yeah. that was around the time I started. It was either right after or right before I started coming around and helping out. So, oh uh, yeah, he came to a couple of the piece, um, the uh, not primal conflict, but the WF. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so this... I mean, it's unfortunately the risks that happen in the ring. And yeah. Though I think we just talked about Spider, which I won't even get into, but. Mass Transit was an extreme, yeah, uh, kind of tragedy. Absolutely. Don't yeah. put yourself in situations, guys, that you're not yep. ready for. And unfortunately, like that's easy to say. And P, I know people in there all along, but you don't know you're not ready for it until you're in the middle and, of the situation. And I, I know, I know, we got to cut this short, but um, it's it's another reason why I tell guys, you know, that want to get into the business, go to a school. A reputable school, learn, keep your mouth shut, your ears open. Billy King wrote a book, uh, Keep Your Mouth Shut, Ears Open. Yes. It's a great book, actually. But um, that, go get a school. You got Brian Fury, Slick Wagner Brown. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, God, I hate missing people's names. I and like stuff. both. I like people. I tell people to start off at um, 
the Bell Time Club. Bell, oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, great place to start out in Bow. Yep. Tell you, yeah, go come here and then go get your finish work. It. Yep. With Brian Fury, and don't be afraid to ask when you. So when you go into a wrestling school, don't just be like, "Hey, this says wrestling school. It must be good." Don't be afraid to ask who the head trainer is, what the yep. head trainer's done. Absolutely. Maybe they haven't done anything themselves. Ask who they've trained. Yep. I um, mean, and ask, go to shows, ask the workers, you know, I mean, XWA Rhode Island down in West Warwick, you know, Mike Bennett's trainer and, um, yeah, you know, he's got a lot of good guys training down there. So I think that's one of the morals of the stories and real quick, because this is, I think a misconception too. And you said it in there, Eric Kula's had wrestling training. He, he had training enough to work with his own guys. Yeah. If that Just, makes any sense. Yeah. Like uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a rookie. Yeah. We, yeah. We, um, we, we've had him in battle Royals. We knew how to, what the, how to handle him, you know, control him. We know what but, he could do. He, what he can't do. So, but I think that's a misconception that he had zero training and I want to, yeah, he wasn't a backyarder. He just had basic training. Uh, but he's just, I don't, I really don't, I think he was too much of a mock to be a worker. Again, that's not the the, the you know the grade sure. or anything. Uh, he just his attitude. I think is really immature to be in the ring. Uh, Rock Delosandro, who owned the uh, New England Wrestling Alliance, you know, saw the big kid, wanted to give him a chance, you know. And um, but it was a mistake, you know. A lot of guys told Rock, you know, this kid doesn't belong in the ring. But you know, the kid it was it was a kid on Christmas morning every time he walked into that ring. And um, I don't know. It's sad, you know. It is, and Dave, I appreciate you coming on and talking about it. I appreciate your honesty. I my pleasure, anytime. What I said, Dave's opinion on him is my opinion on him. So if you have a, don't go Thank to you. Dave. I know there was something with your Facebook post the other day. Um, come and talk to me. And, <laughs> you know, don't put any of this on Dave. I asked Dave to do this. I asked Dave to be 100% honest. Um, I, so I will take every piece of that. <laughs> Dave, thank you so much, man. It's always a pleasure. All, all my pleasure, brother. Um, it's good, good you talking to you. Your, I know you're not wrestling anymore, but you want to give out your social medias. Uh, Facebook, Dave Padula, my real name. Um, I've, I've had a million different characters, but uh, D A V E P A D U L A. Um, uh, Facebook. I really, that's what I really do right now. I'm still trying to figure out how to use Facebook, dude. You just broke my Skype cherry today. I never used Skype before. <laughs> this is the first time using Skype. I'm like, how do you, the hell do I use this? And like everybody's, you know, I try to ask around and everybody's like, who uses Skype anymore? <laughs> well, yeah, that's we but, use it for this yeah. because it's easy to record, honestly. Yep. Um, but Dave, if you're ever up in the, this area, I'm up in Quincy, Mass. I know you're only down an hour or so south. If you're ever up yeah. there. Absolutely. Um, once all this stuff is over, I actually have a studio that I'll be recording from. I'd love to have you in nice. there. We'll grab some lunch. I'd love to. Have a couple of Swedish fish, shot of uh, Jameson. would be good. <laughs> <laughs> that was a handle you had that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, boy. But, Dave, thank you so much, man. It's always a pleasure. Um, Pleasure's all mine. Guys, follow Dave on his social on uh, Facebook. Uh, you'll get some insight on who he is as a person and it's just the most genuine person i know you see some funny dog videos <laughs> yeah so dave that's all i got for you man i appreciate you doing this thank you 
thank JP. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. Take care of yourself. Be safe. You too, Dave. Be healthy. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.